This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Welcome everybody, it's back to Radcast Outdoors. I, if we haven't scared you away by now, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Patrick and I have both been on the road traveling a bunch this fall and winter. I can't believe uh, ice season's almost over. I know, right? It feels like it just just was about to start. I mean, yeah. I don't know where the time went, but I mean, we're in 2022 already. And uh, like you said, the ice is going to be gone soon. We'll be back in the boat. And yeah, it, it blows me away. I mean, you spent a few months on the road. I've spent a few months on the road and it's nice to actually be back together here in the studio for a little bit. Yeah, I haven't been home in it's almost seven weeks. It's, you know, from the outside, people look at it and go, oh, it must be nice to go do all these shows and be all these places. It, it, there's a certain point in time where it just switches to, no, I just want to be at home in my bed. Yes. I want to hang out, do my routine. And yeah, sleeping in a different bed every couple of days and eating at a different place is appealing for a very short period. I would agree with you on that. Two weeks. After that, it's time to go home. Yep. It does get old after a while, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, this time of year, it's, you know, you don't want to be out driving that much anyway. The the roads are usually not the best, as we both know, and we've had some fun driving experiences already, but it is good to be back. And, you know, we can talk about a little bit of fishing and some other fun stuff. So one one of the big ones we did was... uh, we did the Archer Trade Association show again. Well, we had a show before that in Las Vegas, and I decided to see the southern United States. So we drove from Las Vegas, Nevada, to Louisville, Kentucky, and it was, uh, you know, what, 2,000 miles almost, and like five or six states in. We did it in right at two and a half days. It was a uh, get up and get the windshield time at 6 a.m. and drive till 8, 9 o'clock at night and yeah, do it all over drive, again the drive, next drive. day. Yeah, that's a lot of driving. Uh, the day after we, or the day we got to uh, Kentucky, we were setting up a beautiful blue skies, drive in there, six inches of snow hit. Oh, we're inside setting up and I look outside, I'm like, hmm, glad that happened today and not <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, that would not have been fun to drive in, that's for sure. Well, one thing that's very important while you're uh, doing all this traveling and and running around is R&R, downtime, relaxation, mental, you know, stimulation. So one of the things I like to do to just unplug and unwind is, you know, a lot of times the hunting I go do is is a little bit high key, you know, mission oriented, goal oriented, very much an event, right? Kind of like a marathon versus... If I can just go fish the river for the afternoon or the morning, it's if I catch a fish, great. I, I want to catch a fish. That's why I'm going. But mm-hmm. if I don't catch a fish, the, the ulterior motive is just, you know, some a, a break from the norm, I guess. So of those of us, you know, there's, there's a couple listeners out there, Patrick, like me, that, you know, sometimes we go the river. And specifically, there's a river I think of that, you know, I don't catch a lot of fish. There's a lot of people <laughs> fishing there. But maybe we can talk about winter river fishing. What are some tips and tricks and techniques to actually land something? 
Yeah. And so for you, I know it's, it's kind of the mental escape it is for me as well, but it's also very mission oriented when I'm going out there looking for a master angler rainbow or brown, or maybe I want to catch a new personal best, or maybe I want to catch one in a different spot, or maybe I'm trying out a new jig, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. There's something about in the wintertime. I mean, you have all these people that are out ice fishing and I'm happy for all those people and you enjoy yourself. I, I do a little bit of ice fishing. Yes, but it's not my favorite thing. I am big on open water fishing. And I love river fishing. It's probably one of my favorite things to do. And the reason for that is it's especially the stretch of river we're talking about. It doesn't ice up. I mean, it ices up around the edges a little bit occasionally when you get those super negative temperatures, but you have open access to water year round and nice fish. I see a correlation between ice fishing and river fishing and upland hunting and waterfowling, right? Because you're using you're using a shotgun. You're usually using a dog for both. And I'll tell you, I duck hunted two days this last fall. I upland hunted like thirty. And it's not that one is better than the other. I'm not. They're both appealing and intriguing. I just kind of like to be dry. And you know, when a pheasant climbs <laughs> up your leg, it, when you get some mallards to commit and coming into the decoys, yes, it's exciting. But you get that pheasant to flush right here. It just dogs locked up on point. For me, it's just, you know, same as river fishing versus ice fishing. Yeah, I have a I have a problem. It's called I can't sit still for too long. And so for me on the ice fishing front, it's a little bit more difficult. Like if somebody wants to go sit on a spot and be just stationary, that's really hard for me. Whereas on a river I can go fish a bend of the river and then hike up a couple hundred yards, fish a different spot, hike another hundred yards, fish a different spot. And I'm always doing something, right? It's kind of like, it's part of the reason I like musky fishing so much is, you know, if I'm casting big lures all day, I'm always doing something, you know, or if I'm jig fishing for walleyes and I'm casting up off the rocks, you know, working it back, at least I'm always doing something. Well, the same thing with river fishing. And I especially like going after browns in the wintertime because you throw out into these deep holes and you don't know what's going to come out of that, right? And you throw a jig in there, or, you know, whatever bait you're using. And sometimes it gets whacked real hard. And these browns, they'll come all the way out of the water. We've got some footage on our YouTube channel. You can watch some of the fish we've caught recently, but they'll come completely out of the water sometimes. Or, you know, maybe they just come up and shake that big old head. But there's just something special about fishing a river and catching trout over 20 inches. It's it's something magical that is something that I've always enjoyed doing. And it's something that when I was a little kid, I always dreamed about doing. And now as an adult, I'm doing it and I'm taking my kids and exposing them to it as well. And that's that adds a whole nother level and layer of complexity is you've got two or three kids that you've got to keep happy, fed, clothed, warm, and keep their rods functioning and then still, you know, get enough time. <laughs> you know, just getting everybody rigged up to the river and fishing and then, you know, getting your, your the the fish that you actually catch or, you know, they're they're there's a lot of competition on that river for those fish. They're, they're picky fish. They are very smart. They've been educated well by a number of really good anglers, whether it be fly fishermen or, you know, other jig fishermen or whatever. And I am primarily throwing a jig this year. It was, it was kind of one of those things. I, it was kind of, I guess it was right before new year's. I decided, you know what, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get some R and R been stressed out 
need some downtime, need to just get some fresh air, go fishing. Well, my daughter, Katie, she said, Hey dad, I'd like to come along and I want to film it. And I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. Um, I don't like being on camera. I'm, I have a face get used for, to it. Patrick. I have a face for radio. Okay. But I really don't enjoy being on camera, but I was like, you know what? It's something she likes doing. She's 10 years old. Sure. So we go out there and she, we're just having a good time, just cutting up laughing and end up catching a fish on my second cast, then catching another fish and another fish. I think I had three fish within the first 10 casts and it was just a hot day of fishing. And I think I ended up with nine or 10, something like that, but ended up with the big fish of the day was a 26 inch brown. And so, I mean, that's, that's a decent fish. That's my personal best here in Wyoming. Like that's, that's a big brown to me. That's well over two feet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a nice fish. Um, yeah. Um, and so it was, it was kind of fun having that day with Katie. There were a lot of people out on Boyson, you know, a ton of people out fishing through the ice and doing their thing. And, and that's great. Um, but the wind was howling. I mean, it was blowing hard. And one of the nice things about being on the river is, you know, I can move around. Like I said, I can find different angles and whatnot. And um, we were throwing, or I was throwing a eight ounce moon eye jig, which is made by VMC. It's got a needle sharp hook and it's got these big eyes on it. Um, I was just throwing like, you know, I had like a three inch power minnow off the back, which is just made by Berkeley. It's just a soft plastic. One of the things I'll tell you, that's a good tip. If you're going to fish any of these bigger rivers for trout is remember that they are predatory. You know, it could be cutthroats. It can be rainbows. It can be Browns. If it fits in their mouth, they're going to eat it, especially in the winter time. And if you have a minnow imitation, they're probably going to whack it pretty good. So surprisingly a lot of people think oh well it's winter time they're not going to chase something or it's winter time they're not going to be as aggressive you'd be surprised they got to eat in the winter as much they as they got to eat in the summer no they may yeah. not be as mo- as en- energetic about it but but they still put on a heck of a show <laughs> and so you know we went we went out there and we whacked some fish um and really all you need to do that is you need you know, a light, medium action rod. You know, these fish are bigger. They're 20 inches and up, a lot of them. You know, there were a few fish that we caught in the 15, 16 inch range, but a lot of them were like 20 to 22 inches. So eight to 12 pound test kind of number, or are you down around the six? I was using six. Um, one day I was using four. That probably wasn't super wise because it was super cold down there and some ice had formed around the edge and it was really hard to get fish up over that lip because i couldn't step out on it because i'd break through it's too thin but it's, um, it's still like a razor knife against your line exactly. and you get a fish pulling back going yeah. under the ice and you're trying to pull them back up and over yeah i can yeah. see how you yeah. lose a nice fish that way so six pounds probably about right because you want cast ability too because you want to be able to cast a decent distance on bigger rivers i don't know it just depends on where you're fishing but you want to have cast ability so six pound mono is what i was using i was using an eight ounce moon eye jig with that three inch berkeley power minnow just basically casting it upstream and working it down through the holes through the different areas that hold fish especially seen do you vary that retrieve and kind of vary that presentation or is it pretty much just a steady retrieve it's definitely not a steady retrieve like maybe in the faster water you might do that most of what i'm fishing is where the water goes from fast to slack and so what i'm doing is i'm casting the jig up in into that seam and then you can kind of see it on the video basically just shaking the jig up reel up a little bit 
then shake the jig up again. So you're kind of easing your rod tip up about a foot, two feet. And then as you bring the rod tip back down to reset, to shake it back up again, to give it that fluttering action, you crank a few times just to keep the slack out of your line. Now, it also depends on the flow of the river, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if if the water's not flowing fast at all, you can get hung up on the rocks pretty easy with an eighth ounce jig and you can lose it. So you do have to pay attention to what you're doing. And I do lose jigs. I mean, it happens. You know, if you're not touching the bottom, probably doing something wrong. So you, you if you're not touching the bottom, you're not catching fish. Exactly. But if you're not touching, if you are touching the bottom, you're you're gonna lose <laughs> you're equipment gonna, occasionally. You're gonna lose a few, but yeah. So it and I just kind of shake the rod tip as I'm lifting that bait up. Up in the water column and what that does is it gives it a little bit of a shake of the tail you know gives it some more action you can i know guys that they'll just rip it so they don't even bother shaking it they'll just pop their rod tip and reel pop and reel pop and reel and that works really well for like walleyes and reservoirs and whatnot i mean it works for trout too i just think i catch more fish <laughs> when i'm shaking it i don't know maybe i don't but that's that's the way I fish it and retrieve it. Well, I'm similar in in regards to the ice fishing, Patrick. If if I'm going ice fishing, I'm the guy that we're going to drill like 12 foot holes. And I'm going to fish this one for about <laughs> three minutes ago. You know what? I need to be 100 <laughs> yards this way. And you exactly. know what? I need to be. And they, I've noticed the guys that go out and drill two or three holes and sit there and just fish catch a lot more fish than I do, but <laughs> I'm there the same amount of time. So if, if you put me over one or two holes, uh, yeah, an hour, it's time to go do something. I've, I've seen everything that's yeah. under this hole in the ice. Can we go somewhere now? Yeah, I don't mind ice fishing if the fish are really cooperative and they're very active. It's no big deal, but I do enjoy being in scenic places where I can move around on the river and and try new things. And that brings me to the next thing. So we did try something new this year. <laughs> I'm assuming most of our audience has dogs and I happen to have a Bernese mountain dog, which has three different colors of fur. If you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and if you've been following <laughs> us on social or whatever, you've probably seen this, but I tried an experiment this year because my dog sheds like crazy and it so, drives me so nuts. I have one question. I don't want to spoil this, but are we, uh, you know, sweeping the hair up and, and collecting it? Or are we going to the source and getting it? Oh, we're going to the source, man. There's no sweeping <laughs> of the hair. No, it's, it's basically just like, you know, when the dog's blowing their coat and yeah. you can just oh, grab it just, and it yeah. just comes right off. That's, I was not hurting my dog. I promise. Um, I'm just wondering if it looks like a, you know, a cabbage patch doll over here. Somebody's been <laughs> oh, scissoring. No. She's a beautiful dog. I wouldn't want to mess up her coat. Uh, no, it's just basically taking loose hair and pulling it off. And the cool thing about a Bernese mountain dog is they're, back hair is kind of like bear hair. It's really tough and it's coarse. And then kind of on their chest and belly, it's, it's a lot softer and even on their sides. And so I got tons of the black because they're mainly black, but off of her side, she had a lot of that really nice, soft black hair. And then some of that tougher, more like bucktail on her back. And then on her chest, like she has like a you know, it's pretty pure white. soft white, which by the way, is the best color that I've used so far, um, on the river, those Browns really like that white. Um, and then Brown, you know, so, they, so they you, brown you went to the dog and you collected all this material. I did, and, and she was looking at me like, what the heck are you doing, man? Like, why are you taking parts of me off of here? And then you went to the fly tying bench <laughs> and did. The, you, you tied up some of your own custom hair jigs. jigs. Yeah. So I took the eight ounce moon eye jig and basically tied brown, white, and black 
dog hair jigs essentially. And, and the theory was, let's see if this works. So what I, I wanted to test a couple of things. I wanted to see, do they catch fish and then are they durable? Well, both are true. Um, <laughs> they do catch fish and they are durable. So, and I'm sure the cost is a little uh, bit of your time and a hook and some yeah. thread, right? Yeah. It worked out really well. I, and I made some, some flies too for later that we can try out when we go do some of our other escapades but um, other than the cost of the dog food and the maintenance and, and timing of, yeah. of having a bernie's mountain dog but, in your house every day but i look at it this way i can preemptively strike and i can take some off the dog or i can vacuum it later <laughs> off the floor so i guess it doesn't really matter right no it does not really matter <laughs> but anyway so i gotta tell you this story so uh john bass who's on this show he wanted to go fish the river and Faith, my youngest daughter, really wanted to go fish the river. She's my fishing kid. Everybody knows that. Like, she's the one who's always wanting to go. So I was like, all right, we'll, we'll go fishing. So I was like, we're going to try out Molly jigs. That's my dog, by the way, is Molly. So I was like, we're going to try out Molly jigs. We're going to see if they work. I think we should start selling Molly jigs. We might. You know, I could sell them for a premium. They are Bernie's mountain dog. You know, <laughs> you, you never know. Um, so the anyway, dog eats a lot of food, Patrick. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. The landmines in the yard will confirm that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we go down to the river. And we start fishing. It was a little bit slow um, to start, but John Bass, he, he hooked up and he caught his first ever brown, which was really cool. He'd never caught a brown before, caught one that was probably 16, 17 inches long. I broke one off down there. And I don't know if it was a brown, but it was one of those deep, deep holes. Mm -hmm. I hooked up and I was using a, a beadhead sinking fly rod and I'm running 4X tippet, you know, pretty mm -hmm. decent. And it, I mean, I hooked up felt about four head shakes and then pop oh yeah and i mean it was it wasn't a hookup like a trout where you know you can you can get a little bit of play and yeah you feel some head shake no this was almost like the bottom and then it started head shaking and taking line and then it popped yeah those are the best I want, except for you got to catch them <laughs> i, I want to go back and you know it was, pro it was probably your 26 inch it, it was an it wasn't a six eight inch fish so oh, no that that the one that gets away is the one that it's stuck right here in my <laughs> mind i gotta go back someday and well we'll go back there we'll go back there and see if we can find them but um so anyway john catches this fish and he releases it and then faith yells i got one and I'm like, sweet. So I run down to where she's at. And unfortunately, the fish gets off. And I'm like, shoot, man, that stinks. So I start wandering back up the other way. And um, she yells at me again. I got another one. And I'm kind of skeptical at that point. I'm like, okay, did she hook a rock or, you know, what's going on? Well, I come down the riverbank. And this is on our, our YouTube channel. But I come down the riverbank and I see this fish. And I'm like, holy smokes this is a big fish. I mean, it, it was a 24 inch Brown and for a little kid railing in a 24 inch Brown and me being the dad, I got a little bit excited, just, just a tiny bit. Um, and John Bass, he's, he was all excited too. I mean, it was a big old fish. We got it up next to the bank, was able to reach over the ice cause there was ice on the edge and pull it up. And, and we got some great pictures and she was just so proud of that thing, but it was a white, molly hair jig and uh it was one of the ones that i tied it a little bit smaller um i had a vmc hook and then like a little tungsten bead head and then i put that white fur coming off of that as a trailer and i mean that it was very effective i'll just say <laughs> and if you haven't seen a 24 inch brown 
colored up like that, you got to go watch that video because it's a gorgeous fish. But she was very, very excited. And John keeps pushing me. He's like, you know, you need to get a replica made of that fish for her, for her wall. So we'll see, you know, we, we might be able to do something about that. But it's pretty cool to watch. And then a few minutes later, John hooked a really nice snake river cut. There are snake river cuts in there. And it is one of the prettiest fish I've seen. Like it was gorgeous. It had bright red on its belly and gold, super pretty fish. And so, I mean, the molly jigs work, man. We took them out there. We spanked some fish. I caught a nice brown too. I mean, they work. So we just got to get you out there and try some out. We're going to have to get a few more Bernie's mountain dogs. So we have enough. Hair laying around. Well, hey, a shout out to Christine up in um, up in Canada. We had had her on the show talk about mindful fishing. She had messaged me and said, "Hey, we have access to a burner or Bernie's Mountain Dog. You know, maybe I should start tying jigs." I'm like, "Heck yeah, you should start tying jigs. They work, man. Get them done." <laughs> so anybody out there, anytime you go around, just go to the dog park and ask anybody, "Hey, can I can I comb your dog for you? I'm just gonna brush your dog for you." They're like, sir, is that a Bernie's Mountain Dog? I've got a brush. I'll brush for you. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're such good dogs and good tempered Molly. She's just looking at me like, what are you doing? But she doesn't care. You know, it's like, whatever, but Hey, you use the materials that you have available and it, they work, man. I mean, you can't argue with success, right? If it works, it works. Necessity, the mother of all invention. Oh man. Well, I was just looking at her. I'm sitting there tying other jigs and I'm like, huh? There's some unused hair on that dog. It's just going to fall on the floor anyway. I might as well try it. And, you know, it, heck, it works. So it, it did the job. But, yeah, I think, I think oftentimes we think of winter fishing in terms of just ice fishing. And that's a mistake because there's so much more you can do. If you do have river systems or streams that stay open year round, those fish are very accessible. And if you don't want to just be stuck, you know, in one spot, I mean, you could be those guys that go out there and drill a hundred holes and move around all day. And that's fine. I'm just saying, if you're looking for a more leisurely type fishing where you just have to worry about your rod and maybe your pack, that's a really good option. And and the fish are fun to catch. I mean, it's so much fun. Give PK Lures a shout out here that, you know, if you don't want to go tie your own jigs, the uh, the Red Dot Glow oh, is, a, is a great lure. You can get it eighth ounce, quarter ounce tungsten. Go check them out, pklure.com. Absolutely. And if you're river fishing, they, I also caught some fish on the spinner jig too. And so basically it's a round ball headed jig with a spinner system just above it from a split ring. That thing catches browns, rainbows, cutthroats, anything in the river walleyes, whatever you're going after. So give the spinach jig some love, give the PK spoon some love. And of course the flutterfish, which is my favorite spoon that they make. And the red dot glow is the best color in my opinion. <laughs> and then when, when you finally do catch that brown or that cutthroat or that walleye, you're going to have to uh, take it home and cook it and clean it and highly uh, suggest some high mountain seasoning to go on that fish. Whether Absolutely. you're smoking it, whether you're just going to grill it, fry it, barbecue it, it doesn't matter. They have a seasoning to complement your fish. You know, I, this year I've made a lot of smoked fish for people. Um, you know, I'll catch mine and eat some of them, you know, and then give some of it away just to share with friends. And we've been using the gourmet fish and the river trout, you know, um, brines. So I'll brine them, smoke them, package them up and give them away to people. And man, people love it. I mean, they're like, this is salmon, right? 
I'm like, no, this isn't salmon. This is trout caught right here in Wyoming. And they kind of give me a funny look like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. And they're like, wow, those are nice fish and they taste great. And, you know, I think that says a lot about the quality of our fisheries too. I mean, we have some amazing fisheries, but man, that, that brine is, is money. So H-I-M-T-N jerky.com again, H-I-M-T-N jerky.com to get that, but it's good stuff. Where can we go check out the film of this latest fishing adventure? <laughs> so Radcast Outdoors now has a YouTube channel and you can go there. You can listen to some of our podcasts around there. I don't have them all on there yet. It, it takes time, uh, but there are a number of our podcasts on there, but there's also some short videos. Um, we have some how-to videos. I put one on there just recently out of a spatchcock turkey. If you've ever done that, it's where you cut the spine out of it and you flatten it out and you smoke it. Um, but we did that with some high mountain seasonings, the kids and I, and I recently also did a brisket. So I'm going to put that video up too. But anyway, you can go there and you can watch some fishing videos and stuff like that. You can also go to our website and go to ragcastoutdoors.com. We have a video section at the top. And also on that page, you can watch David and his sheep hunt and his javelina hunt. So if you're, if you're not bored of us yet, there's a lot more media to go consume. <laughs> we uh, have plans of going out and producing and editing and, you know, creating some more content so we definitely want to hear back from you guys out there mm-hmm. you know let us know you know if you've got a guest that you want us to reach out and try and bring on or you've got a topic we haven't covered we're all ears and we've done that for some of you listeners you know who you are we've we brought on the people you've asked so we have had some requests where i've reached out to some of the folks and they haven't reached back out but that's okay we'll get them eventually but yeah we want to provide the content that you guys want to hear so let us know what you want and we'll go after it and we'll go get it so it's a fun time for david and i because we get to meet new people and talk about new things so it's a lot of fun yep this is still a hobby so we have to we have families and we have a our hobbies to uh, contend with and our jobs that uh, require us to be be present occasionally maybe patrick a little more than me but (laughs) (laughs) maybe but yeah so a couple of things just to wrap up if you're gonna go river fishing for trout in the winter time here's what i'll tell you you probably want to have gloves number one well you want to have good warm weather clothing period yeah gloves are important make sure you keep your head warm as well i just purchased some new um winter equipment i got some striker ice fishing equipment thanks to sarah and tyler by the way who we we had sarah trampy on the show episode 68 i believe and uh i reached out and just said hey what's the best stuff to get you know what do you suggest and so i got this uh striker makes a climate bib and coat set that i bought and it's got flotation in it so if you were to fall through the ice or fall in the river at least you would float is it crazy how nice this new gear is i mean it just makes all the difference in the world dude this gear will cook you if it's you know above freezing you you will cook inside of it but i mean it's meant to make you comfortable and i was really impressed because it's super adjustable i mean you can you can adjust just about anything you want it's got little vent flaps on it you can take coats outside of the coats i mean it has like a jacket inside the jacket you can take layers off but really high quality stuff so you want that if you're going to be fishing in the cold especially on a river it tends to be pretty chilly well you can go you can leave your house and it can be no wind nice sunny even even in december january february but you get down there all of a sudden and it can be 45 degrees but that wind pick up even yeah. 15 miles an hour and it, it goes from Hey, I need a light jacket too. Hey, I need a coat. So you want some quality stuff to help break that wind and keep you warm. So you want to do that. Make sure you have a good spinning reel, good spinning rod, decent line. Make sure your line isn't old because if, if you, 
if you hook one of these 24, 26 inch Browns on some old line, you're going to, your heart's going to get broken. And so is your line. So I just <laughs> would caution you to make sure that you have decent line on. And also this is a often overlooked thing is check your drag. Make sure your drag is not set too tight because if you hook one of these big fish and it decides to run, your line's going to break. And so what I do is I'll typically, I'll loosen the drag enough to where I can pull the line out myself, you know, and have it not be super difficult. You want to have a good solid hook set where you, you have tension on the line, but you also don't want to have it too tight to where you can't maintain that pressure. So it's all about maintaining pressure on that fish's face on their mouth where you got them hooked. So just double check that. Um, the other thing too, is I would have a jig box. You probably want to have jigs from 16th ounce to quarter ounce. I mean, quarter ounce is pretty heavy. I typically only use the eighth ounce and 16th ounce jigs. And then, like I said, you can get a nice VMC moon eye jig if you want. You can get spinach jigs from PK. You can get crappie jigs. There's, it really doesn't make a huge difference what kind of jig you get, but make sure it's got a decent hook on it because you want to make sure that you hook up. If And another thing, as you're fishing, check your hook because if you blunt the tip of that hook, your hook sets are, I mean, your, your hookups are not going to be very good. Well, there's lots of, you know, when we go to Alaska, we tie our own leaders. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> there's lots of brands of hooks out there, but... Hey, Gamagatsu. Gamagats me. That's, mm-hmm. that's the joke. Gamagats me. Man, those things are sticky. That's what I call them. They're sticky because yeah. they'll stick you. Oh, they, <laughs> but they but work. I'll, when I take other people, I'll, I'll, I'll buy some other hooks because <laughs> that river, I mean, that river eats leaders. It and, does. And those fish... You know, we're, we're running on a 12-pound sockeye. We're running 20-pound test, and if you're not careful, you'll break that. Oh, easy. Yeah. I've had them break me off. But when, when I take newbies, I, I don't tie gamagatsus for them just because I'm cheap, <laughs> I guess. But I, I make sure I have gamagatsumis on, on my... Yeah, but sharp hooks are important. So do that. and then Take a little stone, and you can touch those up yeah. if you need to. They sell them for like... A dollar, a dollar, two dollars, and then go on a keychain. I mean, they're they're nice to have. I have a fishing pack, and I just have it attached, so that if I need to clean up a hook real quick or whatever, I can do it. Um, um, what I do, Patrick, is I take that hook and I actually stick it in my thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And if it will stick into the nail, it's good to go. And but if it kind of drags along and won't dig into my thumbnail, I sharpen it right up right then. Absolutely, yeah, that's. Great point because you don't want to miss a fish because it wasn't sharp. You want to have that. And then I I recommend having some kind of a plastic trailer. So whether that be a three inch power minnow, I like gulp, Berkeley gulp are great too. The two and a half to three inch gulp. I would have something like that to put on there because one thing that people don't realize about trout is they use their sense of smell. I mean, they have a very good sense of smell. So anything to help kind of tip things in your favor. That's why, I, you know, I talk about jig fishing and, and using this system versus maybe fly fishing. It, it is a little bit different. It's, um, you know, when you're fly fishing, you're, you're fooling them on what they see with this. You're also fooling them on what they smell and what they can taste in the water. And so uh, that's another reason I like this system so well. But anyway, you have that jig, you have that plastic body with that scent and you'd be surprised. I mean, a three inch, four inch presentation, it's not going to scare 
a 20 plus inch trout i mean that trout's gonna gobble that thing up i mean that's like a huge meal to them that's so. just that's just that's that's brunch that's not even oh, breakfast or lunch that's just that's a snack well there's this perception out there that trout only hit these little tiny things and it's like man i've been catching big trout my whole life and a lot of it's on bigger stuff, you know? And I mean, they do hit the little stuff, but they hit the big stuff too. Like I've, I've caught 24, 25 inch rainbows on a four and a half inch crankbait. They, they don't care. They're going to eat it. If it's, if it's something that looks appealing to them, they're going to smash the snot out of it. So in my fly fishing box, I'll have, you know, some, some mosquito patterns and I'll also have some streamers, some two and a half, three inch, you know, mm-hmm. and depending on the day I might be using that or a hare's ear or something in between that you know so go from a quarter inch long to half inch long to two inch long fly all in the same day all for the same fish yeah absolutely you don't know what they're going to be you know having a preference for but what i can tell you with brown trout especially they're extremely predatory and you you put something that looks like a decent sized minnow meal in front of them they're going to hit it and a lot of people have the perception too that like a rainbow trout is not much of a predator those things eat everything is so if you have that perception you need to change that (laughs) you know i took you out on the boat and we were trolling decent sized crankbaits and catching nice big fat rainbows right like they they eat other fish they eat all kinds of things in fact if you if you look up some of the studies on streams and rivers with with uh with rainbow trout they'll find mice in their stomach because, I mean, they'll hit something skittering across the water, something that falls in the water. They are very predatory. They're not nearly as predatory as bass, but they're, you know, if bass is 10 out of 10, they're probably an 8 out of 10, I would say. Oh, yeah. No. If it fits in their mouth, they're going to eat it. They eat crawfish. You know, I mean, they <laughs> if they can get it down, they are going to eat it. Little freshwater sharks, then. Yes, they are. But, and a lot of people don't realize that. But anyway, so those are just some tips on things that I would do. Um, when you're looking at the river, to look for bends in the river that typically is where the holes are going to be and deeper spots is probably where you're going to want to focus and then of course anywhere where you have the transition from shallow to deep so it could be around a big rock could be around a bend whatever that is and then also where the seam of the river goes from fast to slow so typically you're going to have some of that a little bit slower moving water that goes into that deep hole where you're going to have that big brown and typically you're going to have a big male and female brown in that hole. So if you catch one that's big, you should probably cast back in there and see if you can get the other one. So those are just a couple of tips, but I've already had a heck of a good start to the season. That 26 inch brown, I got to tell that story real quick. That fish was something because I threw out into this hole and I was working it back and Katie, she was running the camera stuff, you know, she was just dinking around, but she wasn't really paying attention. And I said, Ooh, that's a big fish because I could see it come up. It was probably about 10 feet from me and it kind of swam back into the hole and it, it had struck at my jig, but it missed. So I just kind of bass flipped it back out to that hole, started shaking it, working it back and it missed it again. Like it came in and it missed it again. I was like, man, this is ridiculous. This is a huge fish. I got to catch this fish. So it's, it shoots back out into the hole. So I'm like, all right, I can do this (laughs) one more time. I flip it out there again just bass flip it back out there start working it back and i saw its gills flare and i saw my bait disappear into its mouth boom i set the hook really hard just boom drove it into his jaw and i thought katie was filming and so i'm i'm fighting this thing it 
sticks its head out of the water, shakes it really hard three or four times, takes a run, jumps out of the water, doing all this. And then Katie realized she hadn't, she hadn't started filming. (laughs) So none of it's on film, but that's okay. Um, anyway, got that thing reeled in and it was just a beast. I mean, super thick fish, real fat belly, just absolutely gorgeous fish. And to catch it the way I did, having it come in three different times and kind of bass fishing it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was really exciting. So that was, that's probably been the highlight fish of my year. I also caught a nice 24 inch rainbow, which was pretty fun. And Ben, Benjamin filmed that one. And that was, that was pretty epic. So we've had some good fish with Faith's 24 inch Brown, my 24 inch rainbow, that 26 inch Brown. It's been, it's been a good start to the season and it's only January. So looking forward to more. We just got to get you out there now. Yeah. We got to, got to stay home for more than, than one day. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get her done. So speaking of, uh, work for you. So let's, let's talk about bow spider a little bit. Uh, new products are on the way. I need to get a little more time in the office and a little less time in the field, but we're, we, uh, I did, I did do a little bit of a uh, use of one of the prototypes this fall and I'll tell you it's, uh, it's exciting. It works. So yeah, we've got all the stuff's on the website, you know, we're up to, I don't know, 30 some now we did pick up some outdoor edge knives that i think are really cool i've used them in the field quite a They're bit really cool so we've got those on there razor and, sharp too oh yeah i mean you're <laughs> as just a i mean it's they call it their edc everyday carry but i did two elk uh this fall with the same blade yeah that's the same, impressive the same day and I mean, there, another guy was there helping and he had his knife and he, he was whittling away too, but his got dull before we were done with the first one. And I still had a decently sharp blade finishing mm-hmm. up the second one. I finally, when we went to uh, finish caping and cutting the, doing the rest of the dismemberment and going through bones, I finally changed the blade out. But that's pretty impressive to, I would feel a hundred percent confident with that knife to do a whole critter by myself. It's a great product and you can get it at bowspider.com. David's got a bunch of cool stuff. You got a hoodie out there. You got hats. You got shirts. You got all kinds of stuff. And obviously, I mean, I'm a soft sell guy. You can watch the videos. You can use it. You can look at the thousands of testimonials. But, you know, if you're still carrying your bow, you should really consider looking at maybe an option of checking the bow spider out. Or if you want to transport it in your truck easier or a lot of different things, hang it on your wall, sure makes life easier for you. So yeah. if you're if you're using a compound bow and you don't have the bow spider, you should check it out. All right, man. Well, it's been fun to catch up again and, and talk a little bit of fishing. So I'm jealous. You're you you're out, out catching fish on a river and I'm standing in a <laughs> in a huge you know, not even auditorium or coliseum. It's just a huge warehouse with thousands of other people. And I'm ready yeah. to get, get out there Soon. and catch some fish. Soon. So again, guys, if you like this podcast, the best thing you can do is one, tell your friends, listen, listen, download, subscribe, all of those things. Um, those, those make a huge difference. You can rate us on Apple podcasts. You can rate us on Spotify. So if you have the opportunity to do that, we do accept five-star ratings. So (laughs) only five-star ratings. (laughs) So if you could help us out with that, that would be wonderful. And of course you can always go to ragcastoutdoors.com. You can shoot us an email. Um, we'd love to hear from you and follow us on the socials. We will be back again soon with another episode of Radcast Outdoors. So until then, until next time, stay safe out there, guys.